Um, so, hello there, Creating Magic listeners. You are listening to a bizarre episode of Creating Magic in which I am unwrapping some pins right now that I'm going to shout out at the end of the episode. Um, and you're also coming in mid-conversation here because we were just having a really fascinating conversation off mic where I think we had a major realization point in our friendship here, which is also, hello, Robbie. Uh, you are part of the podcast today. Welcome. So thrilled to have you. We'll get to you in a second. Um we were on a clubhouse a couple weeks ago, probably a month ago at this point in time as a social construct for me at this point in my life. And it was a Potter After Dark, uh, co-hosted by Karina, the magical Latina. Um, I think Paula technically was involved in that, even though she showed up at the very end, unconceivable. Danny, I think, was a co-host of that, um, which strikes me as bizarre. And I think strikes me as bizarre because of the conversation we're about to get to and a couple other people Lauren Taylor, I know you were one, someone else who I'm forgetting. Um, anywho, point is, as y'all know, at this point in the podcast run, I have no problem talking about anything in front of anybody. Um, but I felt so goddamn weird during this clubhouse because like people were talking about things you may or may not enjoy hypothetically in a coital nature. And I was like, I feel weird answering this. And I've never really felt that way before in my life. It's like, what is this feeling so sudden and new? I felt the moment, I, like, I, it was bizarre. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? This is weird for me. And I realized it's because Danny was in the room and not because like, I feel weird saying shit in front of Danny. Cause I say weird shit in front of Danny all the time, but because this specific brand of weird shit felt weird. Cause Danny is like a sister to me. And I was like, I don't really think she needs to be hearing this. And anywho, Danny, <laughs> Tell the listeners what you just said before we hit record. So during this clubhouse, um, because people are hosting and knew me, like directed a question at me and I didn't want to answer it. And I didn't realize until Steven said it is that I didn't want to answer it because it felt weird because he was in the room. Like, had he not been in the room, I probably would have said something, but I'm like, I'm going to pass. It was, I'm really glad we're having this moment because that was one of the stranger things that's happened. Um, in a long time for me, and and I'm glad that we both had that. Anywho, Robbie, welcome to the podcast. So thrilled to have you on Creating Magic. Why don't we begin? Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us your house, your Patronus, your favorite character, and we'll throw a fourth one in today for fun. Your favorite random Harry Potter fact. Ooh, so Hufflepuff. Um, and my Patronus is a Siberian cat which I love being from Minnesota. It's outdoors and it's hypoallergenic. Um, and then uh, favorite character is Book Ginny, which I've heard on the podcast before. <laughs> and random Harry Potter fact. Technically, it's random and I don't know them all. So don't, don't come at me about this. But I loved the description for McGonagall's wand from Pottermore with it being a fur wood wand and it um being like a survivor's type of wand I just thought that was super cool and of course it's like catered to her backstory we get but I just enjoyed that detail it's funny you know I I certainly think I am a fairly decent lexicon of a coterie of Harry Potter knowledge 
Very little of my knowledge, though, is directly related to Pottermore or WizardingWorld.com now or whatever we're calling it. I just never really got into reading all those bizarre kind of you know short essay loops that they layered in there. Um, so I like my wand knowledge is just so minimal because I know that's where a lot of it is is housed. Um, and so people will talk about it like fur, like fur. That's the first I'm hearing of this. Well, I mean, so like I was collecting all the wands which I have right here on the wall. I've been collecting them since I was 12 and Pottermore came out my freshman year of college. I was already way into this collection. And so when they came out with all the wand lore, all the wand wood stuff, all the core stuff, I was just like, okay, now I have this collection and I have this knowledge now. And so I was super excited about it. And I, I did like copy and paste a lot of it into a word document, which I know um, Michael from the wizard Taylor has done the similar. So that was kind of funny. But um, yeah, whenever they did character details, I always took notice of the wand or the house and that kind of stuff. So it was mostly because I had this collection. You said that you started collecting wands when you were 12. Take us back to that time period. How does your Harry Potter journey begin? So my Harry Potter journey begins before the wands, which it actually started with the first movie. Um, I wasn't an avid reader as a kid. So the first movie came out, I saw it four times, and then I read the first book. I refused to read the later books because I didn't want to spoil the movies. I, that, that opinion changed, but so I went through the first three movies without the books. Um, at which, after the third movie is when the wand started coming out. So I actually got Ron's wand before I started reading all the books. Um, and then I was given my own copy of Half-Blood Prince when it came out. And so... I was like, okay, the fourth movie's about to come out. I have my own copy of six. So I'm just going to read six. And my brother thought I was an idiot, which to be fair, I was kind of. So then I read six. I read, I wound up reading them all backwards. So I read six, five, four, three, two. And then I reread them properly and I was just totally hooked. Already hooked on all the movies. Wait, 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 wait. Were you not just supremely confused by what was going on as you were doing this like hatchet order of book reading? Not really. It was one of those things where it's like, so reading six, you're introduced to Fleur technically. And so that was kind of confusing, but it was just like, oh, she's Bill's girlfriend. Bill's the oldest brother that we haven't seen in the movies. Okay. And then when I saw the fourth movie while I'm reading the six books, like, oh, that's Fleur. Okay. That makes more sense. Um, and yeah, I just, it didn't, it didn't feel like I was missing a lot because I saw the first four movies and I was then only missing book five. I was like, and that's why I went backwards. Cause I was like, okay, I'm missing fifth one. I'm missing the fifth one. So I'll just read that one. And <laughs> that's a huge book. And I felt like, okay, I'm really missing stuff from four. And that's kind of how it went. So how did wand collecting get started for you? I saw the first three wands of the trio in the back of Sky Mall magazine while I was flying. And so I was like, okay, I want a wand. And Ron's my favorite of the trio. So I got that for Hanukkah that year. Sky Mall is such a nostalgic throwback. I remember because it was, you know, all the various pages of watches and kitchen appliances and like outdoor lawn furniture. And then you got to like the noble collection stuff. And there was like the Lord of the Rings things that I still don't understand. And 
I'm sure some other things that I glossed over, but yeah, I distinctly remember like the page and a half spread of all of the Harry Potter stuff. Oh, that is such, wow. I have and, no time all. and back at the time, I think it was only like one page, not even a page and a half. And it was, it was very limited. And so I started with just Ron's and then by like my bar mitzvah, which was like a year later or whatever, I wanted the full trio and, then they came out Lupin and Sirius and Dumbledore. I was just like, okay, I'll just start getting them all. And so it was a thing where every birthday or Hanukkah all the way through junior high and high school, because high school was Deathly Hallows part one and then ended with Deathly Hallows part two. Um, when they came out with all 40 for Deathly Hallows, I remember that Hanukkah, I got upwards of 15 wands across all the gifts I could claim from people. I didn't have them all though until my 25th birthday. I didn't, I took some breaks in college and grad school. So are you caught up completely now? Do you collect just character or Uh, do you go all in? So I'm totally caught up on Noble Collection character wands and I've stayed caught up with all the Fantastic Beast movies and releases. Because I caught up with those, I have branched out to the park wands, the 13 ones. So I have all of the non-interactive ones from the park that are discontinued and I'm collecting the interactive ones as I go to the park Um, and that includes the annual collector ones I do have a bunch of now custom ones from people I've met through Instagram most of them are variations of my Pottermore wand and then I'm a brand rep for absolutely Adrian so I have like seven or eight wands from them so do you have this I know it it hit California and it just recently hit Florida now is the new collector's wand. Yeah, I have it right here. It's super cool. I was debating if I should wait to get it. So I'm going to go to the parks next month. So I was debating to wait, but I was just like, no, I'll just get it now. And then I'll get two more wands when I'm there. So here it is. I do really like this year's collector's wand. That's quite nice. I like, oh boy, art terms. (laughs) The kind of like the floral kind of flared base on the, yeah, that's like a really cool yeah. little subtle element. No, I, I actually think this might be my favorite of the three more recent ones. Um, Cause this, the, the brown part of the blade or whatever um, just makes it feel like a real one more like the 2019 one, the black and gold one. I just not a huge fan of, um, but it's still cool. I'm, I'm desperately hunting for, the 2017 and 2018 celebration wands. Yo, yo, uh, uh, yo, yo tengo uno wand day 2018. Um, I, well, it's funny you mentioned that because, I mean, look, I only have a handful of wands, but of all the things I have in my collection, I think because of that like ruby color in the, the, the base of it, whenever people take a look at everything I've got on my shelf, their, their eyes are always drawn to it. Um, yeah. It's super cool. Um, both of those wands I like, but like I, I respect the fact I'm not hunting them like super, super intensely because part of me thinking is, oh, if you went to celebration and got it, that's the memory. That's the cool part of it. Um, so, and I've seen them on eBay that are like two to $300. I just saw one on Instagram that was like 350. I was just like, yeah, I'm not spending that kind of money. Yeah, Speaking they... of memories, Danny, do you remember sweating your ass off in that 
that stage, whatever it was, where the you could buy the wands. Oh my goodness, that was rough. The wand, I was there both of those years, and the wands went so quickly. Yeah, I mean, I imagine so. I I I didn't get to go to any celebration, and it's sad because I would have probably gone for 2019, maybe if that existed. But no, they're super cool, and so I understand them being pricier. I just don't think there's enough people wanting them to justify like two to three hundred dollars yeah that's a lot and that's where a lot of the problem is um i think in the parks you were like limited to one per person when celebration happened to try to alleviate that issue yeah and i do i do have so through my stepdad i've gotten to go to a handful of the new york city premieres for the movies and i also got to go to um the grand opening for Hogsmeade in Orlando. Wow. Yeah. So my mom and I went to the Orlando Hogsmeade opening and we walked, we walked right by a lot of the actors. We stayed at Portofino with them, like apparently. Um, and we got with that event, they gave these giant wands that had the date stamped on the bottom. And we all as a group lit up Hogs Hog, Hogwarts. So um, I have both mine and my mom's of those. And Again, Michael from the Wizard Taylor tells me that those are valuable in some way. They weren't my favorite at the time. <laughs> but now you're glad you have them. I was super happy because I this like wand wall that I get to hang all the sets is my first. I moved in here in July, and that was the first time I've ever gotten to, to actually display them. I, I like the hanging of them. Oh. Sometimes it's like hard to figure out how to display wands. I honestly just. I started with Dumbledore's army and just was like, okay, what looks good next to it? So, but yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the wand displays, but I have all of them except for, except for like the noble collection, just random display you fill. I have them all only because they came at the time with exclusive wands. Uh. So yeah, the Triwizard tournament, they eventually came with all three of the Triwizard champions um separately but that was much later the Dumbledore's army still has an exclusive with Luna um her original wand but Ginny was also exclusive with it at the time and then um the Marauder's map is Pettigrew's only way to get it unless you're in the parks so I'm not a fan of the sets but I'll, I'll get them for the wand I'm backing up like 20 minutes worth of conversation here why is Book Ginny your favorite character? Oh, um, I mean, I've heard it on the podcast, but she's just, honestly, I think she's just a cooler character. She gets more spotlight in books five and six. Um, I really like that of all the Weasleys, she's the Quidditch player ultimately. Um, and I am a huge Harry Ginny fan. And so however I can justify that I will um but yeah that's like my probably my favorite relationship I guess so are you branching out into I know you mentioned that you've branched out a little and you do have other creator wants are you looking to continue that collection or are you more focused on the parks now I'm more focused on the parks just because like I know I'm going I am kind of debating um seeking out wand makers that can make some of the wands that noble collection just has refused to make up to this point 
which I debated before they made Pettigrews, and I'm kind of glad I didn't pull that trigger. Um, but Gilderoy Lockhart, Cornelius Fudge, Madame Maxine. Um, so I'm, I'm debating that. I'm just not rushing to do it. Um, and But there are some wand makers that I've been talking to for over a year, including like Brown and Lobin um, about a wand and Windermere. So... Is there a specific character wand that isn't made that you would really just love to have? I mean, of the ones we've seen, I do think Cornelius Fudge, his wand from the tri- uh, for the um, Quidditch World Cup was pretty cool. And so I would be curious to have that. But I have a giant list of basically any character that shows up in the movies. We should have a wand for them. Besides wands, do you collect any other merch? or? I collect a ton of Funko Pop. And I started my Funko Pop collection before Harry Potter even had the license or they had the license for it. So I have like over 150 pops and only half of them are HP. Um, and those are prior to moving here, they were all in my bedroom dresser, like a big pop wall. And then when I moved, I just limited it to the Harry Potter ones, unless you can put them in like specific shelves, like the Game of Thrones ones here. Um, so I just tried to minimize a little bit and then, um, collecting, I'm not really collecting Lego, but I've been buying a lot of it in the last year. Um, and that's taking up way more shelf space than I think it should, but. And they just released a bunch more sets. Yeah. I'm, I'm not super thrilled with this upcoming wave, but like, I'm anxious and with Funko Pop or Lego, I'm really anxious for them to actually do more with the sixth, seventh and eighth movies because they just totally ignore them for the most part. So I'm curious. I haven't looked too much into the new round of sets, but I did see an amazing R2-D2 Lego set that's coming. Wrong fandom, Danny. This is creating magic, not creating Star Wars. Creating magic. That does not specify specifically that it must be Creating magic, not creating Rebel Alliance, Danny. Well, my Lego sets have included one friend set and then one Star Wars set that I got very impulsive back in January. But it's, it's all good. And I was very much on a Kenobi TV show high with the announcements. Revenge of the Sith, Anakin versus Obi-Wan. I had to get that one. We support all fandoms of any kind. With Harry Potter in particular, I have been buying a lot of merch just of all the different stuff they've been releasing, mostly with this account, but not because of it or with my Instagram account. Um. It is stuff I'd probably buy anyway. It's just nice that I can have a place to show it. You mentioned your Instagram account, so let's go there. Certainly, you have developed, at least from, you know, you know, outsider's perspective, a fairly strong community of people you engage with routinely. What has social media writ large, I guess specifically Instagram, like what, what has, you know, this community meant to you um, over you know, the past year, past couple of years, et cetera. It's been a really great outlet and just source of pure, just joy of the Harry Potter fandom, the wizarding world. Um, 
with my job as a therapist, it's not the most, uh, it's not the most like happy type of job necessarily. I love what I do, but it's, it's fun to have just an escape essentially. And definitely in the last year with the pandemic and my girlfriend's cancer and just all of that, it's, it was even like dealing with grief in the fall. It was just like having a post a day was one of those few things I could do that I just was like, okay, this is normal. This, this is going to work. So it was definitely a different kind of support, but it was, it was great to have. Now, certainly you could interpret this question a lot of different ways, given everything that's happened, both from a macro as well as a micro standpoint over the past year or so, the the value you get from Harry Potter, like what you like what you take from the series, what, what it means to you, has that changed uh, over the course of the past you know year and change? I would say it has to change a little bit or it had to change after the author's a lot very transphobic comments one like for me literally last summer was hell for me on macro micro personal professional all levels and so like literally i'm in the er with my girlfriend and i'm reading jk rowling's manifesto i'm just like yeah this is a shitty day on all on all fronts and it's also like if you ever asked me prior to may or june or whatever which celebrities do you want to meet J.K. Rowling has always been at the top of that list. I have an English degree. It's as a writer. It's as a fan. It's as a person that loves world building and character development. It's on all levels, and that's just gone. Um, so enjoying the fandom without the author and, like, my desire. Again, I mentioned Disney coming out with all the Marvel and Star Wars announcements. My hope has been so strong more and more for more content creators in this world. See, it's funny because I, I, I agree. Look, I wholeheartedly agree. And I hope that's the case. The sense I get just trying to read between the lines of the development of first the wizarding world of Harry Potter, you know, the, the shift in, in branding and corporate kind of structure with wizarding world now Um, When you look at the way that Fantastic Beasts have been developed thus far, my sense is the author doesn't have any form of appetite to relinquish control. Then, you know, I think muddies the water of how excited am I for new content if that remains true. And I agree fully on that. I guess in this scenario, I'm kind of really hoping Warner Brothers in some capacity can not make can force her out um and i honestly think star wars lucasfilm george lucas relinquishing control to disney that's the prime example of how it can work whether or not you love the star wars sequels or not mandalorian and all the future content we're going to get that's all ultimately because george lucas isn't part of it that, i'd agree and then you get into the larger question of do you trust warner media to appropriately handle the the IP the way that Disney has Star Wars. Certainly there have been some hits and some very notable misses on the Star Wars side, but generally speaking, they seem to have coalesced around a very core vision of what the Star Wars galaxy can look like under, you know, under Disney's, you know, production empire. 
Whereas, and this is where you just kind of have to really extrapolate a lot, looking at the way Warner Brothers has just gone back and forth and back and forth and really shot themselves in the foot with the DC universe. Like the confidence I have in their ability to, to manage the Wizarding World IP is just not there. You bring up the perfect point because I'm well aware of that as well. And like, I'm a huge comic book fan. And so Marvel or DC comics, I'd read them. And it's just so apparent Marvel does well in movies and DC doesn't. Um, Not that I don't want them to, but they don't. And so ultimately, like my perfect vision of this is like, yes, Warner Brothers has control over it. But like in the same way that Marvel Studios is a subgroup of Disney and Lucasfilm is a subgroup of Disney. And even with Nickelodeon, they're now having the Avatar, the last airbender subgroup studio. I think Harry Potter, Wizarding World needs a subgroup that's independent within Warner Brothers, made up of fans at all levels. I was going to say, if they're looking, they probably have to ignore a lot of the things I've said about them in the past 69, 70 episodes. But beyond that, I'll, I'll send in a resume tomorrow. Well, yeah, I, I honestly, I mean, I know at Lucasfilm, they have people that their whole job is to make sure canon is canon. And I would love to be part of that. Given that I didn't know McGonagall had fur on her wand earlier, I don't know if sadly I fit the bill for that. But if you're looking for someone to punch up some uh, very slapstick kind of Punch and Judy jokes for any new content, look, you, uh, I will take, I don't even know. I don't need any points off of, off of viewers or ad buys. Just give me a flat salary, a hot meal, and you've got yourself a writer. Yeah, and, but and that's part of it is like, I love the Wizarding World. And if you just sat me in a room for 10 minutes, I can think of so many different ideas. And that's not even including like the fan fiction I've personally wrote, not good, not published anywhere, not advertising it. But like, it kind of sounds like you're advertising it. If, if it's mentioned, if it's mentioned without any sort of prompting on a podcast kind of sounds like you're advertising it. Well, no, it's just Okay, it's the concept, one of them is the concept of Neville, Longbottom, and Hannah Abbott. Just And I wrote that specifically because I'm so sick of the Neville Luna people. Um, and so it was just their wedding day and Neville, Neville telling his mother about it who couldn't be there for her circumstances, whatever. Um, and then also, not Cursed Child, but the conversation that I believe uh, James Sirius and Fred Jr. are best friends in the same age. Like, what would that look like at Hogwarts? That to me is amazing. So we usually save this question for our question times, but since we're kind of wandering through this conversation, what content would you like to see created? Whether it's a TV show, a movie, a limited series from the wizarding world as a whole? Like, is there anything specific that you just wanna see that story? Um, I definitely want to see the founders in a limited series. Um, I think that's probably in my mind, the best option, but I know I, I just listened to Oliver's Brighton's latest episode with you guys. And like, he's not a fan of the seven books all again. I am just cause I want to include on screen all the things that were left out, but that's literally the only reason. Um, and then 
I don't need a five movie series, but I want Quidditch through the ages in some capacity. And I think like that has a lot of options with it, whether you follow one Quidditch team through a competitive season or you have like a business side of it where it's just the business behind Quidditch and that's the show or a documentary series of all that. I think Quidditch itself is ripe for content. Yeah, like almost like a Ted Lasso-esque series. I don't, you know, obviously you have to modify the concept because it's a fish out of water concept for Ted Lasso, but like a similar kind of look that's like a vulnerable yet comedic lens for me around the entire Quidditch, you know, club aspect, I think would be super fascinating. Like going on like scouting visits to go see Oliver Wood play, like like all that stuff, right? That'd be really cool. Would you include a Ginny's time while playing Quidditch? In some capacity, I think that would be awesome. It's not, I would say like you absolutely could and you could have, if it's like following one one team season, you could do different seasons with different teams or just have different cast of characters each year, anthology of it of some sort. But I'm not um, usually a sports person, but I also like, inspirational sports movies <laughs> it's like uh, like we've talked about this before when did we talk about this because i i remember you thought it was weird i randomly was watching remember the titans yeah like yeah, I mean, it's bizarre that's a great movie so i i love it i also like right now i am loving the mighty ducks game changers knucklepuck i know it's really I, original but no whatever i mean i'm born and raised from minnesota Mighty Ducks was my bread and butter, despite not being on hockey skates until I was 19. That's my mom's fault. But um, no, I love the original movies. I'm loving this show. I'm desperate for the episode where they bring the actual original Ducks on because that is happening. And I'm so excited. I definitely rewatched all the movies within the last month. I rewatched them all the same day I watched the first episode. Same honestly like they announced the Funko Pops for the first original movie and I was debating like which one do I get because I can't get like they don't have the whole team so I can't get the whole team so I just want one but like who do I get Funko is one of those like once you start it's a problem like I tried to start a very small specific collection and then as soon as people find out all of a sudden you're getting Funko Pops everywhere and I had to scale back significantly before I moved. I mean, I I started not technically peer pressure, but my senior year of college, I lived in a house of six people and four other people in the house had Funko Pops. And it just so. goes from there. Yeah, I think my first Funko Pop was actually Doctor Who. That's a good one. I wouldn't be able to choose which doctor I wanted, so. Uh, at the time, it was during the season of Matt Smith, so it is the Matt Smith, but I now I also have Jody Whitaker, and I know I have Tennant. Yeah, I started with Matt Smith, but I probably would say Tennant's my favorite. I do like Jody Whitaker a lot, and I like them all, honestly. I can't complain. But um, no, I, I had a rule with Funko where it was like one per series, one per theme, and that rule got so out of hand with game of thrones harry potter 
even Power Rangers, I couldn't contain myself. So, And speaking of Funko, this is my inevitable plug for the great episode we did with Meridia Clark, who is a marketing copywriter over at Funko. You can follow Meridia at, oh, I'm going to mispronounce this, Tharsis, I believe. Tharsis Dreams, T-H-A-R-S-I-S dot Dreams. Great episode we did a handful of months back. If you remember it, awesome. If you don't, uh, good reminder to subscribe to Creating Magic Podcast on your platform of choice and listen to our full catalog of episodes. Yeah. Oh, it's funny with Funko because both Funko and Noble Collection are companies that I have, without question, emailed them more than they ever care about, about potential items. So I don't know. It'd be cool to work one of those places. Definitely. Do we want to head into some Harry Potter questions? I'm all set. Well, let's start off with favorite book, favorite movie, least favorite book, least favorite movie. Favorite book is Half-Blood Prince, not just because it was the first one I really read, but I do love it. Um, Least favorite book. I honestly would probably say Chamber of Secrets. I just reread it and it's not a bad book. It's just really repetitive as a second book. Um, Favorite movie is either Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone or Deathly Hallows Part 1. And then least favorite movie is without question Prisoner of Azkaban. Why on the Prisoner of Azkaban? I mean, I know some people really like it and it's artistically, it's a beautiful movie. Um, My complaint is that it's not a great adaptation and how much it cuts out, how distinctly different it is from the first two because it's a new director just trying to be different. Um, And I mean, I love the fact that's where we get all the cool wands that I own. Like they came from that movie and not the first two for the most part, but I mean, I love the Marauder story. When I read the third book, I loved the third movie. And then I read the book and I was like, wait, Marauders are a thing. I understand what Anna Mag- Magus is. I understand prongs. Quidditch is more important, which is fun for me. And Hermione's secret is actually an interesting mystery, which I don't think it really is in the movie. So it just, to me, it like, as a film lover, as a book lover, it really just screams that they, that Alfonso Cuaron wanted something different from Chris Columbus in the same franchise. Yeah, that all makes sense with me. Yeah, um, I, I do appreciate. One of the things I find funny is I think in and of itself, if you've never read the books, Deathly Hallows Part Two is a really good action movie. But Mm -hmm. as someone who has read the books and has a greater appreciation for the series as a whole, Deathly Hallows Part 2 falls flat for me. And I think a lot of times it's easy to wrap up Deathly Hallows Part 1 into Deathly Hallows Part 2 and just kind of say, oh, yeah, like the last couple. I really like Deathly Hallows Part 1. I appreciate that you said that. I think it's a really strong movie. Um, Well, and I fully agree with that difference between those two because I love Deathly Hallows Part 2 when I first saw it because I think it's a good movie but like I'm not even a Ravenclaw but where was Ravenclaw Tower I would have absolutely loved to see that 
uh, sassy McGonagall, sassy Harry with the Caros. I, I, I wish I had it. Definitely Alice Part Two. I, I just listened to MuggleCast about this, but it's so true. The the actual darkness of the movie, like they're wearing Gryffindor and Slytherin and Hufflepuff robes, and they literally all look the same. Also, there's that like multi-thousand person army that storms the castle. Uh, again, if you've read the books, that's where it starts to fall flat. As a movie in and of itself, it's actually a pretty good, like from a cinematography standpoint, from production value, the score, a lot of good stuff going on. It's when you actually start digging into the, anywho, anywho. No, um, and that's, that's honestly my complaint is like, because I read them so unconventionally and I had seen the first four movies, I liked the first four movies pretty great. Like I loved them before I read those books. First two, they fit the books pretty well. And then three and four is just so such a divergence. And it's just like, why? I don't, I don't get it. But no, it's a good movie series in my mind. And then it's a good book series and they're separate. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of readers need to do a lot is separate them as different things or else you're just going to be angry. Yep. That's without question. And like, I've had that prisoner of Azkaban debate with a lot of friends and one of them's a huge film buff. He's like, it's a beautiful movie. And I don't dispute that. Like Alfonso Cuaron made a great movie. It's just in my mind, a bad it's adaptation. The content. Yeah. No, that makes sense. If book journey is your favorite, Suffice to say, the fact that we're prefacing Ginny with book in the first place means that movie Ginny is not inherently probably your favorite character. So then who would you say, I'll ask kind of two variations of the same question, which is who is your favorite book to movie uh, adaptation? And who do you think is the most faithful book to movie adaptation? I mean, most faithful, I would argues probably probably Lupin or even Moody which they don't have a ton to do which is part of it but Lupin we mostly miss the Tonks relationship which again makes me frustrated but at least with Prisoner of Azkaban Order of the Phoenix he's pretty stable to who he is he's asked what my favorite movie character was um probably probably McGonagall um Maggie Smith's amazing. And while we don't get all her sassiness from the books, I still think she's a great character. Speaking of Maggie Smith, this merits conversation, shout out to my ex-girlfriend from Arizona who got me into Downton Abbey. There is a Downton Abbey movie sequel coming out this Christmas season, which I am shockingly excited for. I'm a little confused because they said Maggie Smith is in the movie. I thought at the end of the first Downton Abbey movie I watched, she like intimated that she was about to die. So I'm a little confused. All I'm saying is I'm uh, excited. Look, a- anytime I get with Maggie Smith on screen, it's time well spent and I'm not complaining. Um, and Hugh Bonneville is just a dreamy, uh, you know, Lord Grantham. So uh, it-, it should all be great. I'm excited. I got to say much to some of my friends in college dismay. I never got into Downton Abbey, but I don't have any negative feelings towards it. So mm-hmm. If the people only, enjoy it, they should. Well, so I only got into it because this ex-girlfriend of mine and I went hiking in Sedona, which was like a three and a half hour drive from, from where we lived in Phoenix. 
And so we got up like at the crack of dawn to get up there for a morning hike before it got to be, you know, just, you know, oppressively hot. And I was exhausted from the drive and the hike because I'm not really the hiking type. Um, and it was like 1030 in the morning. And I'm like, I don't want to drive straight back to Phoenix now. Like this car will crash. She's like, oh, let's go see a movie. So we legit at like 1030 on a Saturday morning went and saw this Downton Abbey movie that she wanted to see. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's pretty good. I'm look, I'm, I, I'm an Anglophile. I'm not really sure how I haven't seen this yet. Uh, here we are. And then fast forward a couple of years and I have binged the entire series. It's quite good. Um, I haven't watched it either, but that's mostly because it's like the one series my mom has really gotten into and she just brings it up all the time. I just can't. So if you were at Hogwarts, who would your friend group be? Oh, I've heard this question before and I've tried to think about it, but um, I feel like Hermione would be in my friend group because I have a lot of friends that were that studious and whatnot, but I would be really excited to be like friends with Lee Jordan or the Weasley twins just for entertainment purposes. What would be your favorite class? Charms would be my favorite class. Most likely I would love care of magical creatures if it weren't taught by Hagrid. Loki Hagrid is just awful and not as a person, not as a character, not as anything, although he does give up the whole Sorcerer's Stone bit in the first one and he, you know, he's a loud mouth. Um, but his teaching abilities, it's funny because I think this is actually, Danny, was it on our conversation with Tyler or was I listening to Chick Peeps and I heard them talk about Hagrid? I forget. Um, I think Tyler mentioned, right, Hagrid's teaching and Hagrid demonstrates the compassion for creatures regardless of what they look like. And I'm with you on that. Wholly agree on that. But if we're purely looking at the quality of the instruction it's like kind of similar to Bins and History of Magic. You're ruining a good subject, my guy. Because um, like everybody should, like I don't really do animals that much, but like everybody should be signing up for Care of Magical Creatures. You get to be outside. It's like you get to play around with animals. Like it's an easy owl conceivably. Yeah. Yeah. But like no one signs up because like no shots at Hagrid, but Hagrid's not really cut out for the whole teaching thing. And I don't even have an issue with the creatures that he does teach them with, the hippogriffs, the blast-ended scroots. That's all interesting to me. It's just like a little more stability in the class. And he obviously has favorites. Well, I think that's a bigger issue at all of Hogwarts if you think of (laughs) potions or Dumbledore or anyone. So, As someone who was quite often teacher's favorites and then more importantly you would was extra motivated to work harder when i knew i wasn't someone's favorite i'm all about having favorites as a teacher right because like it goes one of two ways either if you are the favorite you benefit or if you know the teacher dislikes you well yeah i can go one of two ways whether shut down but in my case i would work my ass off that much more to prove them wrong so you know i'm i'm all about favoritism in academia just throwing it out there you're you're allowed your opinion i'm not a teacher so i don't know i just if i was a teacher steven would have never been my favorite student oh well for so many reasons yeah come on i mean you would have been one of those teachers that like 
remember those projectors those little they used to wheel them in and they'd have like the the, the translucent paper and the, like the like these looking these looking markers they'd write on them with right like you'd be one of the teachers that would struggle to get the the the, the little angle right on it and so false. it would project wrong yeah oh yeah come on oh completely false well, you and because I did have those as a child, I was one of the students in well, charge. When you, were, when you were a child, you have to go out back to Little House on the Prairie and 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 undust the the uh, the erasers and you know there were typewriters at one point. That was the big modern innovation in Danny's school. There was no electricity. There was candles, and once the candles went down, school was done for the day. We had electricity. We didn't have ceiling tiles, but we had electricity. Did, did your mom come pick you up on a horse at the end of the long day? No, oh, I rode the bus like a normal latchkey student. It was one of those. There were buses in 1912? So, Stephen, do you have any more questions? Just no. blowing right on past that. No, I do not. I have to. I can't let him go on because he'll just continue. Why don't we head into some creator shoutouts? So, Robbie, do you have anyone you would like to shout out? As I mentioned before, uh, I'm a brand rep for Absolutely Adrian, and I think Amanda just does some incredible stuff with resin products, and so definitely her. Um, and then I'd probably want to. Sh- There's so many people to shout out, but um, uh, Nimbus Designs, uh, which I've heard on the Pin Pod, but she's also a brand rep for Adrian, and I, I'm not a pin collector, and yet I've bought all of the trunk pins from her so i'm anxiously awaiting for the weasley twins and lee jordan one um and then i'd probably also shout out the wizard taylor michael just because when i started this account i had no idea who else was like a wand collector if that was even a thing and he reached out and we've talked regularly since then. And it's just kind of fun because we think similarly on this. Steven, do you have a shout out? Got a lot this week. So as opposed to other weeks when I also have a lot. Um, so first goes to my good friend, my homegirl, Jordan Kahn, who told me about this book I should get called The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment by Eckhart Tolle. Have not read it yet. Excited to, though. Um, and really cool. I bought it from biblio.com, which sources all their books from local bookshops around the country. So this book comes from the bookstore, new and used, in Appleton, Wisconsin. That was quite cool. Jordan, shouts to you. Eckhart Tolle, I suppose, shouts to you. Um, well, I haven't read the book yet. We'll see how I feel after I get through it. Uh, second shout out goes to Heather Bellin, H. Bellinson on Instagram, who sent me a pin that I purchased from her, but in addition to the pin, sent me some really cool extra goodies that I did not ask for and was so kind and so sweet. They are made by Becky Jerry of Jerry Creations. That's Jerry with a G, G-E-R-R-Y, creations.com. Looks to be Charleston-based or at least South Carolina-based. So um, that was really sweet and I appreciate it. Um, Another shout out. Goes to my girl, Amy, at Witch Please Pins and Things. I got your first Kickstarter pins the other day, the Wizard Boy and the Red Rock of Rejuvenation. I opened them at the start of this podcast. If you listen to the crinkling when I am talking in the first five minutes, that's what that was. Um, They are quite cool. So love that. I had one more in my head somewhere. 
Last shout out goes to all the listeners of the Pin Pod. As y'all know, I'm not sure when this episode's releasing, so maybe I will be back by then. Who the, who the hell knows? But I've been taking a bit of a break trying to get my life in order. Uh, rest assured with this shout out to Heather and this shout out to Amy. Uh, the Pin Pod is coming back in your ears pretty damn soon with some new episodes or may already be back with new episodes. Again, I don't really do scheduling, so I don't know how that works. But yeah, appreciate y'all's uh, patience with me here. That's what I got, I think. I'm going to shout out Robbie's cat because she is gorgeous. And I love that she just sits there and like stares at the camera. Very docile. Like, like, like way too calm. Like, my like it's almost a cartoon all... cat. Like no, it's a cat in the background of comics. She she knows when I'm on Zoom because I've been working with clients for the last year. She knows. So it, I'm surprised she's like this because she's literally oftentimes in my sessions in my arms using both of my arms as her bed (laughs) and so i'm glad she's not doing that right now but and then my actual shout out is for andi her instagram is a-u-n-d-i underscore l-a-n-a-e she is orlando based but she has a lot of fun orlando photos and around the greater orlando area but she also has some great cosplays and a lot of great park content so y'all should go check her out she's some great death eater and i believe she has a hagrid somewhere in here i had one more that i it's a tiktok account oh is this it because I, I, I yeah i should write these things down ahead of time this is the same one for listeners who are keeping track i think I, again i don't remember what episode might it might have been in the tyler star episode protego foundation where i mentioned on the show there was someone else from tiktok and i didn't write down their name um, this is the same person that I still have not written down their name because I am not responsible. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So on on the TikToks, it's at Kylo Squash, as in, you know, like a thing you eat or a game you play. Um, and she has a shop where she sells these really cool collage kits for walls. And it's all these like very cool aesthetically themed collages. Um, and there's a wizarding collection, which is, of course, how I found her. And they're just super cool. If I ever had a permanent place I lived as opposed to like my semi-nomadic life that I live, I would 1 million percent be purchasing some of this collage art. It is just really, really cool. It's like really well done. I'm about it. So that's Kylo Squash on the TikTok, but really cool, really cool stuff. So um, shouts to you. Wow, Robbie, tell the listeners where they can find you on all of the socials. So I'm only really on Instagram. I have a Twitter, but it's not the same name, apparently. Um, it's Rob Tonk Swan Collector on Instagram. And I think it's like Rob Tonks WC on Instagram, but I don't use it that much. So. so go follow him. Go check out the Wand Collection and a bunch of other things. And again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. I know like you've been asking for people to, who wants to come on. I'm like, I do, I do, I do. Yeah, good, good. That's a really good plug there. And I know Danny's wanted to wrap this episode about four minutes ago, but I know that I'm loud and blustering and whatever, and that might not be your thing. But if you have a story that somehow ties in to Harry Potter be it you're someone who grew up reading the books and is just as a fan, be it someone who now has wares that you that you traffic in, be they wands you make or songs you sing or content you create, 
we're we're always look. The only thing that will be a little judicious, judici- oh boy, judicious about is if you're another podcaster, because we don't really do the whole plugging of other podcasts around here. Um, but beyond that, if you're someone who has a story to tell about what Harry Potter means to you and how it's impacted your life in any way, shape, or form, hit us. And by us, I mean Danny up at Creating Magic Podcast on Instagram, Creating Magic Podcast at gmail.com, at Creating Magic PC, I believe, on Twitter. Yes. Yeah, well, you were shaking your head at me. I thought you were going for TikTok. No, no, no. No one hits up people on TikTok. I don't know. Uh, We're not Bryce Hall and we're not Addison or Charlie. Come on. Anywho, point is, we'd love to to share your story with the wider world. So, um, Robbie, it truly was a pleasure. Um, Hope you are remaining well throughout the doldrums of COVID. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you again. Wow.